everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I am your host, Jared B. I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know where I wish I was. I wish I was at the beach, but that's okay. My beach time is coming at the middle end of August, um, so I'm looking forward to that. But I had a great Memorial Day weekend. It was eventful. You know, there were some ups, there were some downs. I spent time with friends. Um, I was yelled at by one of my friends for being uh, an a-hole and being a prick, but that's another story for another place. Lord, I'm probably going to get in trouble for that. But, you know, what's the point of having a podcast if you can't uh, be open and honest about uh, what's going on in your life? Uh, So I won't get into the drama um, that happened in my life this weekend. Um, But I will say, you know, I was basically called out on one of my most toxic traits. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm tired, here's okay. Here's three conditions I would have to be in where I'm not a desirable person to be around. When I'm sleepy, when I'm not feeling well, or when I'm hot. And let's just say towards Saturday night, late night, 10, 10, 30, 11, um, Jared's battery, my battery, hit 20%. And I'm like, uh, I'm like an iPhone. When you put an iPhone on low battery mode, you know, it, it shuts down certain things from operating in the background to conserve energy. And so that's basically what happened to me. You know, I didn't, I, I'm not someone that drinks a lot. You know, I had like maybe two beers on Saturday as a whole by the time we got to Saturday night. But like, I was sleepy and, you know, I isolate myself. I get really quiet. Um, I don't participate. I was not answering questions when they were being asked of me. Um, So I could see how that is probably disrespectful, rude, and annoying. And so I I take ownership of that behavior, and I apologize for that behavior. Um, I'm not at this moment aware of any more toxic traits of mine, but if you are a friend or a family and uh, you feel the need to call me out on any of them, feel free to, you know, give me a ring, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram me, DM me, text me, or you can call me at one o'clock in the morning. I probably won't pick up, but leave a voicemail. (laughs) But anyway... I still happen to have a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm looking forward to 4th of July weekend. Um, Hopefully it will go better. And yeah, that's it for my weekend. So we are going to get into a little Bravo news. Nothing much. So yesterday we got a teaser for the upcoming season of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Basically, this teaser was um, about the return of Tamara to the O.C., If you don't know, The Real Housewives of Orange County returns to Bravo on June 7th at 8 p.m., which happens to be next Wednesday. If you don't know this as well, I will be recapping Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, I'm looking forward to this new season. I'm looking forward. I think 
Orange County need needed someone like Tamara to come back. I'm looking forward to seeing Taylor Armstrong, formerly of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's now an official friend of on the Real Housewives of Orange County. She is the first housewife to actually cross over from one city to another. Um, we also see, we're going to see the OG of the OC, Vicki Gumbelson, make appearances, guest appearances. I'm not sure if she's an official friend of, but I do know that Vicky did film. Um, yes, we're, we're going to see what comes from the Real Housewives, Real Housewives of Orange County this season. You know, I have said before, uh, like Beth, I, I've heard the saying, Bethany say it, Bethany Frankel, formerly of the Real Housewives of uh, New York City, you know, she said, I saw her in an interview once years ago, a long time ago, and she said that she thinks that the juice in the orange, that is Orange County, um, has dried up. And so I, I, I also like to say that the juice in Orange County has dried up, and I'm hoping that this season we see a return to form. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is really not worth mentioning, because there was news about Erica Jane being spotted on a date with uh, a recently arrested lawyer, Jim Wilkes, who is 72, in Vegas. But then I listened to Teddy Mellencamp and Tamara Judge's podcast, Two Teas in a Pod, today, and uh, because they were also talking about this news. And uh, Teddy said she reached out to Erica about this, and Erica said they are not dating. He's just a lawyer. They are longtime family friends. It is laughable. So at this point, there's no need to really discuss that uh, Bravo News any further. So when we return, we're going to talk about the most recent episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Be right back. So let's get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This was season 15, episode four, The Buck Stops in Birmingham. Um, can I just start off by saying that Drew and Candy were desperately needed in this episode. Like, you could tell something was missing. Dynamics were a little off. Marlo was trying a little too hard in this episode, but you know, Marlo still feels the need to perform because maybe she's a little in insecure about her peach. And I, I just, Marlo has great housewives potential, but I believe that Marlo is doing a little bit too much, but she's great for the show. Like if there was no Marlo, what would be there to talk about? You know what I mean? But so this this episode starts off with uh, Kenya Morin dance rehearsal. Monietta's with her. And there's not really much to mention about this uh, scene other than the fact that I think it's wonderful that Kenya is dating someone and she's happy and she's having a good time. If you don't know, Kenya Moore is dating the CEO of Kill Me Crazy. Um, but here's the thing. We only see this new boyfriend... Uh, on FaceTime. He is not actively participating on the Real Housewives 
of Atlanta through Kenya. And one thing that I feel like is lacking with Kenya more this season, and I know we're only four episodes in, but, you know, Kenya's still going through a contentious divorce with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Mark Daly. Um, He lives in New York. He has a restaurant in Brooklyn. And Kenya is not talking about her ongoing divorce proceedings. Now, what we do know, not because Kenya has shared it on this current season of the show, you know, Mark is trying to get spousal support, alimony from Kenya. Mark is trying to also take Kenya's house here in Atlanta. And Mark lives in Brooklyn, New York. And, you know, so I feel like Kenya is missing the opportunity to share her story, you know, and maybe she is doing it to protect her daughter. Maybe she is doing it because she can't talk about it because it's a ongoing legal proceeding. But, you know, Kenya is not giving us much story this season. So then we move on to Sanya's house. Sanya is with her mom and sister. Sanya is going through her schedule. She's speaking on the phone with her brother-in-law because he is her personal assistant. Um, The brother-in-law does not really seem like he is into being a personal assistant. He's not giving energy. He's not giving enthusiasm, if you know what I mean. So Sanya mentions to her mom and her sister that Ross, her husband, is ready for it to just be them again in the house. And Sanya's sister does not take that lightly. Then we jump to a confessional with Sanya's sister and her mother, and they both agree that Sanya is self-centered. And I personally question why would they say that Sanya is self-centered and they're living in Sanya's home. But then I remembered Sanya is the one that invited her family to leave Jamaica and move in with her uh, and her husband and their children or child uh, because Sanya does want to have another child. Sanya invited her family to move with her from Jamaica to Atlanta, Georgia. So at first when I watched this, I didn't really understand why, you know, her sister and her mom were throwing a little shade at Sanya, but, you know, I think Sanya's sister made a really good point that with Sanya's family all living in the household, let's remember, it's Sanya, her husband, their child together, then it's Sanya's mother and father, Sanya's sister, Sanya's sister husband, sister's husband, and their two kids. So there's nine, I think that counts out to nine. Um, there's nine people living in the house all together. And Sanya's sister mentions the fact that with family living in the house, things are actually easier for Sanya and Ross because they get to move more freely and do whatever they want to do. And I, I, you know, I think Sanya's sister is basically saying that Sanya does not really comprehend the, uh, the easiness of having family at your disposal to help you with your kids and run your household and work for you. Um, I just don't feel like this was necessary to see. Like, this is not, you know, I don't think this is a main storyline. I got to be honest. I think Sanya's, um, (laughs) Sanya's sister would be a better housewife than Sanya at this point. Can we just be honest about that? Um, 
Sanya's nice, and Sanya is a regular person, and Sanya's structured. You know, she's an Olympic gold medalist. She's an athlete. Um, and that's wonderful that Sanya is wonderful, but, you know, wonderful doesn't necessarily always make a good housewife. And I don't think Sanya's a great housewife. But who does have the potential of being a great housewife? Sanya's sister. Because Sanya's sister is, like, in the moment. She's reactive. You know, she has something to say. She's going to roll her neck. She's going to roll her eyes. She's going to suck her teeth. You know, Sanya needs to take uh, a couple of housewife lessons from her sister. I, you know, I just, I got to call that out. You know what I mean? Um, but then we move over, we move on to Marlo's house. I believe Marlo is getting ready for Halloween. She's having her makeup done. I know she mentions that her nephew, William, needs blood painted on his face. Um, Marlo gets into the fact that she's trying to get her record expunged. Twenty. Marlo has been arrested a couple of times, I believe. You know, one time for aggravated assault, I believe. Marlo is trying to get her record expunged and get pardoned so she can own a firearm. About a year or two ago, Marlo's townhouse was robbed in the middle of the night. With Marlo was home and her nephews were home, who were living with her. Um, the same people that um, robbed Mariah Carey's house here in Atlanta were also the same people that Mar uh, robbed Marlo's house. And so I understand the fact that Marlo would like to expunge her record so that she can own a firearm, so she can better protect herself and her family and her property. Um, the issue I have is why Marlo is bringing Candy into the whole situation. You know, Marlo mentions the fact that Candy's supposed to be worldwide and Candy wants to help all these people, but Candy never helped Marlo get her own charges expunged. And Marlo, that's not Candy's job. I don't understand why you think that that's Candy's job. It makes more sense, honestly, for Marlo to reach out to Phaedra Parks, who is a lawyer. But we find out that Courtney, cousin Courtney... <laughs> is apparently a crisis manager. She is an Olivia Pope for all those gladiators out there. I miss Scandal. Don't you miss Scandal? Like, I would take a Scandal movie for everyone just to return. I don't know who was left alive, who was in prison, who wasn't. But I, I would take, come on, Shondaland. I know you're busy with Queen Charlotte and Bridgerton and Killing Anna or Finding Anna, whatever else that show is called um, Discovering Anna. <laughs> but I would take a Scandal movie, you know, Disney Plus, Hulu. That's all in the ABC family. Disney owns them, but I digress. Um, so, yeah, Courtney is apparently a crisis manager. Um, Courtney is helping Marlo expunge her record. Um and then they get into Candy and the shooting. And Marlo again mentions her nephew, Kent Quentin, who was murdered by his roommate, whom he had met in, at one of Candy's restaurants. Why is Marlo bringing this up about Candy again? Marlo's questioning why shootings keep on happening at Candy's restaurants. And I just would like to clarify, one shooting has happened at Candy's restaurant, not multiple shootings. Um... 
Quentin Marlowe's nephew was not murdered at Candy's restaurant. Quentin was murdered by his roommate, who he happened to have met at one of Candy's restaurants. But I feel like Marlowe and Courtney are both doing a dangerous thing. Don't listen. If there's one thing we should know about Candy Burris, do not come after her businesses and do not slander her name. Because Marlo and Courtney are both kind of trying to insinuate that Candy's dangerous. Like, I, I think that's a slippery slope to go down. I think that's a, a dangerous road. Like, if Marlo really wanted to resolve things with Candy, and I understand where Marlo is coming from, you know, she felt like she did not get support from Candy when she told Candy that her nephew was murdered by his roommate. You know, if this was really that hurtful to Marlo, Marlo should have called Candy and asked to have a sit down where they can discuss things one on one. And Marlo can share the fact that she didn't feel like Candy was supportive. She didn't feel like the f- she didn't feel like Candy was a friend when she shared the fact that her nephew Quentin was murdered. That's all you had to do, Marlo. But trying to slander Candy's name, trying to say Candy's not trying to do anything to help you expunge your record, trying to basically saying like, you know, Candy's businesses are a hot spot for shootings. This is not the right way to go about that. And I wish that Marlo would understand that. Like Marlo doesn't Marlo doesn't understand that she already has enough going on with her story. She has her nephews. She's trying to expunge her arrest charge. Technically, Marlo is giving more story than Kenya, Sheree, and Candy at this point. And so if Marlo would just, like, you know, take a couple of steps back, chill out, be more in the moment, and feel less of a need to be performative and try to create a moment for the show, I think Marlo would be more well-received by viewers, because at this point, if you go on Twitter, people are ready for Marlo to get fired. (laughs) But the thing is, with this cast the way it is, if Marlo gets fired, what will the show be? You need a Marlo at this point. What we are missing, uh, we're missing Portia. Listen, I don't want to start suggesting a revamp or a recasting of this show. Once we get to the end of this season of Atlanta, I will give you what I think should happen with this cast. I just don't want to mention it yet. So then we get to the next scene. Sheree goes to the doctor's office. She's getting an ultrasound for her fibroids and discussing the re- the removal options. Uh, the doctor jokes and asks Sheree if she's been trying to have a baby. Imagine being a middle-aged woman, you know, late 40s, early 50s, maybe mid-50s, and you go to the gyno and your doctor asks you if you've been trying to have a baby. And you have three kids and all of them are grown. (laughs) Could you imagine if Sheree found out that she was expecting a baby? Um, So then the shocking thing that I heard from Sheree's doctor is the fact that she has a couple of lemon-sized fibroids. Now, you know, I'm not a woman. I am a man. I don't know much about fibroids. I know... I've heard Candy talk about the fact that she had problems with pregnancy or carrying to term um, because of fibroids that she had. I know Giselle 
last season on Potomac mentioned the fact that she had to get some fibroids removed. So this is something I, I hear often with some of the housewives, particularly African-American uh, housewives. I don't know if fibroids are more common with black women versus like white women or Hispanic women or Asian women or indigenous women or Latino women, Hispanic women. Um, but I know that that is something I hear often with Potomac and Atlanta and not so much with the other franchises. Um, so I find that very interesting. Um, so then we get back to a scene with Sanya. I guess Sanya's getting ready for Halloween. Sanya's speaking with her parents, and we find out that her brother-in-law actually quit. Her mom said that the brother-in-law was not answering emails in a timely manner. So I want to know, and what I think production struggles with in the editing is providing a timeline. Like one, you know, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip on Peacock, they're very good with putting up times and giving you like, this happened, you know, a day later. They they also did a really good job with that on my Real Housewives of Miami. That was on Peacock. Um, so I, I would like to know how soon after Sanya told her mother and sister that Ross is ready for it to just be them again, did the brother-in-law quit from being her personal assistant? And I would have loved for production to provide that timeline. Uh, Sanya says she's tired of working with family, and I'm like, girl... If you're tired of working with family, what you don't do is hire family and then ask them all to move in. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't want to build this thing with your family. You know, Sandy keeps on talking about she wants to build something with the family. And then she's like, Ross is ready for y'all to get out. And I'm kind of OK with that, too. And so I understand why uh, Sandy's sister is like, you know, Sandy is a little self-centered. Um then we move on to this girl's trip to Birmingham. Um, it seems like Kenya's assistant will be watching Kenya's daughter. Kenya does not speak to her assistant respectfully. I don't think I would want to be Kenya Moore's assistant. I wouldn't want to be Kenya Moore's assistant. I wouldn't want to be Ramona Singer's assistant. I don't think I would want to be Bethany Frankel's assistant. There's certain housewife personalities where I'm like, uh, uh, I don't think so. This might be like good for my resume, but not good for like my emotions, my spirit, my vibe. Um, so Kenya says that her assistant has to share her location with her at all times. I guess this is when the assistant is with Kenya's daughter, Brooklyn. So the ladies meet at Sheree's house because they are going to Birmingham. Uh, again, there's no Drew and Candy. Uh, Drew has the flu. Kenya is coughing in the sprinter van. Marlo is hawking and clearing her throat. It's nasty. Everyone's sick. This is the fall. In Atlanta, I believe this is October of last year, end of October. Um, and the ladies are on the road, and the conversation just turns to um, what you would call eating the booty like groceries. Uh, Sanya mentions the fact that one of Future's baby's mothers said that she used to eat Future's booty. <laughs> and then the ladies start talking about the fact, you know... Basically, the ladies start talking about whether they would ever eat ass. 
if they would let someone eat their ass or if they would eat their man's butt. Um, and then Sheree kind of jokes around and is like, well, Kenya, you've done this before, um, which was funny. And, you know, we don't get enough funny moments like this on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And so this was just a funny conversation, and I enjoyed it. Um, so then the ladies arrive in Birmingham. They get to a bucking class, and this bucking class turns off, turns into a buck-off competition run by Kenya and what Marlo calls her emotional support companion, Monietta. Oh, that was funny, Marlo. That was, that was, that was what you would call some funny shade. Um, what I also love, Marlo's wearing high heel shoes in this bucking class. All the ladies are in like workout attire and sneakers and Marlo is in leggings and high heel shoes and she does a great job um i personally believe marlo deserved to win that trophy for bucking but i think that um kenya was shown some bias um towards marlo because kenya does not like marlo you know sheree was the stiffest one in that bucking class and if you watched you know exactly what i am talking about um so then we move on to this dinner in Birmingham. Um, they get to this restaurant. Sheree mentions the fact that Drew and Marlo uh, argued after filming. This is this argument you saw um, at City Winery after Candace's performance with Drew. Um, after they were filming, I guess Marlo was upset with Drew because Drew was not saying the right things when she was asking Candy about the shooting at Blaze. If you watch this episode, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Kenya, which it really was not her place to bring it up because, you know, if Drew was there, Drew could have then brought it up there. So I don't think it was Kenya's job to do that. But Kenya brought up the fact that Drew told her she was a little aggressive and she was standing over her, um, yelling in the face, which, you know, I, I, you know, some parts are true. There's some truth to it. And there's, you know, some fabrication to that whole description. Yes, at one point, Marlo was calmly sitting down, but then also at one point, Marlo was up in Drew's face screaming, you know, my nephew's dead, bitch. You know, let's remember, if you roll the tape, roll the tape, bravo. We all saw it. Um, but I don't believe that this was Kenya's place to call it out. Um, Marlo was a bit aggressive, and Marlo should have been a little bit more accountable. But I think this is a conversation that should be happening between Drew and Marlo and not Marlo and the ladies when Drew is homesick with probably COVID. Um, then Kenya says Marlo struggles with what personality she wants to present to the world. She says, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still going to be Marlo Hampton. Burn. Shinya. <laughs> I said Shinya. Kenya with a shady read via a confessional. Um, the ladies arrive to their hotel in Birmingham. Sheree is not happy with her hotel room. Marlo mentions the fact that they got a mere mini champagne bottle. And this is not the accommodations that Marlo is used to, you know, experiencing. They both call Kenya cheap um, and a bad host. And I, guess, I mean, I guess Kenya could have gotten an Airbnb in Birmingham. Uh, listen, 
unfortunately, these ladies are not Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. These ladies are not Miami, you know? <laughs> they're they're in Atlanta. And also, this is Birmingham. You know, no offense to Birmingham. I've never been to Birmingham. I am going to Birmingham for the first time, I think, in the fall. Um, but I've never been to Birmingham, so I don't know what's in Birmingham. I don't want to judge Birmingham. But, you know, I don't... Let me stop about Birmingham. Marlo and Sheree were not happy with their accommodations. <laughs> so the ladies come down to the lobby getting ready for this charity event that Kenya is doing with this HBCU where she is performing at the halftime show. Moneta comes downstairs to the lobby and what happens to be like this aluminum material uh, Ivy Park jumpsuit, uh, but they're going to a charity event. And Kenya asks her to change. The ladies arrive at Kenya's charity event. Kenya's talking about how this is supposed to be cocktail attire, high class, and the ladies walk in. People are in jeans, people are in a hoodie. Um, and Sheree tells Monietta, girl, you could have left your booty shorts on, which was hilarious and true. Um, some random man comes up to Sheree and just asks him for a hug. He's like, ma'am, I'm sorry to do this, but can I give you a hug? And Sheree's like, what? So I don't think these ladies knew what to expect. And then the ladies go onto the rooftop. Um, as they're going to their table on the rooftop, people have their phones out. They're recording the ladies as they're going to sit down. Then a producer comes up to Kenya and tells her that the organizers of their charity event that she is a part of wants them to leave because they are causing a distraction, which I'm confused by. Did the event organizers not know that production would be there? Like you invited a Real Housewife of Atlanta to participate in a charity event. And then the Housewives of Atlanta show up and you don't like the commotion it's creating. So, like, maybe the event organizers thought Kenya was just going to show up with maybe a film crew. Maybe they didn't know Kenya and the girls were going to show up with production and a film crew. Um, then the ladies get back to the hotel and this is where I get confused because I don't know if this is like after hours filming or they are still filming, you know, this episode, the ladies are in the lobby of the hotel in Birmingham. Um, Marlo starts talking about the fact that, you know, they're sitting waiting around for Kenya. Um, and Kenya has a habit on group trips of disappearing. Then the ladies all agree to go upstairs to Kenya's hotel room, and they start knocking on the door. No one answers the hotel door, so Marlo takes it upon herself, and she starts kicking the door. Kenya comes to the door, opens in it in rage, and starts yelling at Marlo, my daughter's in here. Marlo's like, I don't care. Put your daughter in another room. And she kicks the door a couple of more times, and I'm like, see, Marlo... This is why some people want you to get fired from the show. You know, Marlo just takes it a step too far. The moment... See, I don't know if the ladies knew that Kenya's daughter was going to be on this trip. I know we, the viewers, knew that Kenya's daughter was going to be on this trip. How do we know this? Because we saw 
Kenya talking to her assistant, Caitlin, saying, you know, you're going to meet me with my daughter in Birmingham. I don't know if the ladies knew, but the moment Kenya said, my daughter is in here, Marlo should have stopped. And then we also have to remember, like, Marlo is not a mother. Marlo, Marlo has never raised a child. And I'm not a father. I don't have a kid, but I think I would know better, like, if my friend has their child in their hotel room and it's late at night, I'm not going to bang on the door and yell because their child is probably sleeping. And that's disrespectful. Marlo, team too much. That's the theme for this episode of uh, Housewives of Atlanta. Marlo was team too much. You know? But, uh, yeah, we're going to be right back with some... Oh, yeah, we're going to be right back with my recap of uh, Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, don't go anywhere. So we have Summer House Martha's Vineyard. This is season one, episode four, titled New Roomies, New Beef. So this basic, basically this episode leaves off with, you know, us finding out that Nick has a girlfriend and has had a girlfriend for about a year, year and a half. Meanwhile, he was sliding in the DMs of Jordan, Shanice, and Bria. We get to the next morning. uh, The ladies decide to take a walk in the driveway um, and drink mimosas and the guys go work out in the backyard. I don't like the fact that Silas was calling out Preston, saying he didn't think Preston was trying hard enough working out in the backyard. Like, you know, I I really wish Silas would, like, chill out and stop trying to control everything. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're watching Summer House Martha's Vineyard, I don't know if you guys are. It's a good season. It's good for their first season. I like the group. The dynamics are good. We're getting to know them. You know, let's Harken back to season one of OG Summer House. Season one of Summer House was okay. And then it got better over the course of the next couple of seasons. Now, right now, Summer House is a little iffy. But I'm enjoying Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Um, The conversation comes up again about the fact that Silas feels uncomfortable with his wife, Jasmine, when she is out with her girlfriends, accepting free drinks from men. I understand where Silas is coming from. Um, You know, he just wants to make sure that a guy who is offering his wife a drink does not get the wrong message by the acceptance of the drink um, from the guy to Jasmine. And I I can understand that. I think Silas's feelings about that are valid. Uh, I just don't think that this is a group conversation. And I think this is just a conversation that he should be happening with his wife. And I, I I don't understand why it keeps on coming up. Let's stop talking about it. And let's move on. You know, in the words of Sutton, let the bone go. Um... So the ladies are on their walk with their mimosas, and the ladies think that Nick didn't mention his girlfriend to see if he could get with one of the girls in the house first. And I agree with the ladies. Nick got caught. You know, that's just it. Nick got caught. Um, 
then this wonderful conversation happened in the kitchen with Bria, Preston, and Amir. Amir, who has really been opening up, sharing his childhood, what it was like growing up uh, to be half black and Lebanese in Texas. And Amir talks about the fact, and Amir is getting emotional. He's crying. He talks about the fact that he's been on a self-discovery. And Amir's, one of his worries, his biggest worries, is that when he came to the house, he would not be considered black enough. Um, If you don't understand what that means, I don't know if my listeners are black, white, Asian, Hispanic. I know that this podcast is listened to in 10 different countries. But to explain um, what Amir means by uh, he was concerned that he wouldn't be considered black enough. You know, I am black. Um, I have been in the black community for 31 years. I have also been black for 31 years. And this is something that happens within our community where if you talk, walk, dress, act differently than what some would assume to be black behavior, then, you know, you you get made fun of, you get bullied. It happened to me. It didn't happen to me until I moved to Georgia. It's not something I experienced growing up in New York. It's not something I experienced when I lived in Puerto Rico. It is something I experienced when I moved to the South. I don't know if it's a Southern thing. You know, I'm not trying to hate on the South. Most of my listeners are in the South. But I'm saying, you know, I think it's possible that if you have never been outside your area, never been outside your state, never been outside, you know, your region of the country, never been out the South, I think it is possible to assume certain things about your own group of people and other groups of people, whether it be, you know, rate a different racial group, ethnicity, religion, etc. And so, like, unfortunately, within my own community, the black community, there are some people that feel like, you know, if you talk properly, if you act a certain way, that that is acting white and not acting black. And so I appreciate Amir for opening up in this moment because this is something that I have dealt with. And when you are being, when you feel unsafe to be yourself, you you do one of two things. You either shrink yourself or you blow yourself up. And what I mean by blow yourself up is you start doing things for the attention and the love and the acceptance of other people. And fortunately, uh, by the time I got to like junior, senior year, I got to the point where I just really stopped caring what people thought about me and decided that if I'm going to be happy, I'm going to show up as my full authentic self. And those who love me will love me and accept me. And those who have a problem with it, <laughs> that's your problem, not mine. So kudos to Amir for um opening up and kudos to Preston and Bria for allowing Amir to be open and honest and creating a safe space for him to be vulnerable. Um, We get to the group dinner outside. The group talks about how they're going fishing tomorrow, um, the next day. Um, Jasmine mentions uh, two new cast members are coming, Summer and Jason. I'm excited to meet them. And then Jasmine starts this conversation about how the fact that she didn't know that Nick was in a relationship. And she is questioning how 
she can show up and support Nick, who is in a relationship. And then Nick admits to being a little ambiguous about his relationship status and that he felt bad that he was playing to faces. And then Preston asks Nick, do you regret that? And Jordan this whole time is looking around like, what's going on? And I love Jordan for this because she asked for clarity on the conversation going on because they were talking around something and not saying what the something is. Jordan mentions the fact, Nick, weren't you not saying that that's my wife? And she's referring to Shanice. Uh, Nick was sliding in the DMs of Shanice. And Jordan is so good. Jordan gives major future housewife potential. If you're watching Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, just watch out for Jordan. Jordan is in the moment. She is authentic. She is raw. She is funny. She can be dramatic. She will turn up. She will defend herself. And she will call you out. Those are all the qualities of a great housewife. So I hope if Andy Cohen is listening, which he probably is not, but maybe one day he will, watch out for Jordan. This is another potential Royal Housewife of New York. I'm just saying, I'll take the credit later. Um, then the producers ask Nick about the wife comment. Nick says he has not said such a thing, um, but everybody else in the house seems to be corroborating this comment about Nick calling Shanice his future wife. Um, Then we get to the next day. We meet Summer and Jason. They're bringing fun vibes. They look like they're going to be great. Where things go left the next day is this conversation between Silas and Bria. Um, So if you're watching Summer House Martha's Vineyard, you know that Bria did mention when they went bowling that Simon is coming. Simon is her boyfriend who is from Germany. Um, Simon is coming to visit and will need to stay for a week because he is coming from Germany. And we see in that moment after Bria tells Jasmine and Silas, Jasmine says, awesome. We're excited to meet him. Now, fast forward. Bria's reminding them again, hey, my boyfriend Simon is coming from Germany and he's going to need to stay for the final week because he is coming from halfway around the world. And then Bria and Silas start acting coquettish, like, you know, well, you know, you know, he's not an official member of the house. And if he stays here that long, it might send the wrong message. And at this point, unfortunately, Bria thinks that Silas is a racist. Bria calls Silas a racist. I don't think it was a racial thing. I understand where Bria is coming from for the fact that, you know, she she feels protective of her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is German. You know, he is white. He is coming to a house of all black people. And I'm not saying that would be an issue, but Silas apparently said in a car ride at some point Uh, during filming, that Silas's preference is for black women to be with black men. Um, Silas says that his preference is black women. Silas defends himself, says that he never said that. He just wants black women to be married, period. Um, Listen, the truth of the matter is, we all have our preferences. 
Some people prefer to date the same race. Some people prefer to date the same religion. Some people prefer to date the same gender. Um, and then there are other people who are open, who are open to love outside of uh, racial confines, outside of religious confines. You know, everyone has preferences. I, I don't think this is a racial thing. I think this is a control thing. I think one of the biggest issues I have with Silas and Jasmine is I think because this show was casted around them and technically they are the host of this Martha's Vineyard summer house, it is not their house. It is a rented house by production. And I just need Silas and Jasmine to let go a little and stop trying to control everything. I don't think this is a racial issue. And I feel bad that Bria feels like that is that kind of issue. And I hope um, that they're able to come to a resolution and actually talk about it. But based on the preview of next of the next episode, it looks like the drama escalates. Um, so we will see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And so we have Summer House. This is season seven, episode 16. This is the reunion part one. Um, <laughs> this episode was all about Lindsay and Carl. Um, I definitely think that Lindsay and Carl carried the season on their back. This was one of my least enjoyable seasons to watch of Summer House. You know... I don't know what's going to happen with this cast, to be honest. Like, I don't know if Carl and Lindsay should come back. I think that Carl and Lindsay have outgrown the show. I think especially Lindsay has outgrown the show. If you have watched this reunion, at this point, the only people that Lindsay and Carl have as friends are the new, are the new people. Chris, Gabby, and Sam. Kyle doesn't seem to like Lindsay, uh, Amanda doesn't like Lindsay. Maya sometimes doesn't like Lindsay. Danielle has a problem with Lindsay. Paige doesn't like Lindsay. And as long as Lindsay and Carl are together, they both will always be at odds with almost everyone in the house. Um, we see Andy ask Kyle about his mullet. Amanda talks about that. He's cool with it. You know, it's the least of their problems. You know, this is a grown Amanda and Kyle, and they are uh, picking and choosing their battles wisely. Andy also mentions the fact that Kyle and Amanda did not get into a single argument that we have seen this season. And yes, that is true. I have mentioned that on a previous episode. I can't remember which one, but yes, it was it was fun to watch Amanda and Kyle this season because if you have been watching Summer House for years since the beginning like I have, almost every season revolved around drama between Kyle and Amanda. Kyle getting blackout drunk, Kyle cheating on Amanda, rumors of Kyle cheating on Amanda, and Speaking of rumors about Kyle cheating on Amanda, Andy mentions the fact that there was a blind item that came out insinuating that Kyle cheated on Amanda again. Amanda says that she thought it was 
uh, convenient for this rumor to come out because apparently this rumor came out at the same time Kyle and Carl were having problems working together for Kyle's uh, liquor spritzer line, Loverboy. If you not have, uh, if you haven't tried Loverboy, it's pretty good. Um, the only flavor I wasn't into was the hibiscus, but I like all the other Loverboy flavors, and um, I'm excited that we are in lover boy season uh you know it is getting warm outside and i'm excited to bring some lover boy to some of my friends you know cookouts this summer um then we get into the juice the the real drama and it's basically page Paige comes out the gate accusing Lindsay and Carl of leaking stories to the press, spinning stories in the press. Um, Kyle accuses Lindsay of also spinning stories and producing herself. Uh, Kyle believes that Lindsay set up with production to bring up the fact that Kyle cheated on Amanda. Um, Listen, Kyle, it's a reality show. Like, I'm sure at... All of you at some point produce things. You know, Amanda has a valid point. Amanda does not appreciate the fact that Lindsay brought up cheating rumors about Kyle on television. Uh, Amanda said if the roles were reversed, she would have told Lindsay first and they would have navigated on how they were going to bring it up on camera. And I... Listen, I understand that. That's what that's what a real friend does. But at the end of the day, this is a reality show. And if you're going to be on a reality show, we the viewers want to see the reality, not a cover up of the truth. If you want to cover up the truth, you know, look how that worked out for Maya. <laughs> Maya tried to cover up the truth about Oliver creeping around with 11 other girls in New York City, and we still found out about it. Because they didn't know that if you try to cover a microphone, production will still be able to hear you. <laughs> Which means viewers will still be able to hear, hear you. Listen, Maya and Oliver went as far as to hide in a closet. And we still found out about it. But I understand where Am- Amanda was coming from. I, I-, I really do. Um, so then we kind of get into the dynamics between Sam and Maya, Gabby, Sierra... Gabby and Maya, and then Danielle and Sierra. And that's pretty much, you know, five to ten minutes of this conversation. And then we get back to Lindsay and Carl. Um, because that's what this whole season was about. I'll say it, and I'll say it again. Um, Cal says that he would be concerned if, Denzi- if Lindsay dated any of his friends. And listen... I thought it's kind of a shitty thing to say about one of your friends. But, you know, Lindsay basically said, you know, (laughs) Kyle, I kind of agree with you. So, you know, if the person you say that to agrees with the person that said it, you can't really be mad at Kyle for saying it. You know what I mean? Um, And then Andy asked the group if they believe that Lindsay and Carl put on for the show. Um, I believe that they all put on for the show, um, that's reality television. Would you watch if someone just, like, was boring? You know, we always want the boring person to get fired. We've seen people come and go for Summer House for being boring. You know, at first, 
you know, Chris was a little boring, and then he got better, and I hope Chris comes back for another season. At first, I didn't really like Gabby, but then you saw Gabby open up and share more of herself. Sam was kind of the only one that entered the house with, like, great energy, and I look forward to Sam being on the show more. I think that they do need to bring Corey back. Listen, as long as Sam and Corey are together, they need to have Sam and Corey in the house, especially... If Lindsay and Carl do not come back next season. Um, So, like I said, Andy asks if anyone thinks that Lindsay and Carl put on for the show. Chris, Gabby, and Sam say that they don't. But, of course, Paige does. Um, Paige accuses them of leaking stories about the cast to the press. You know, listen, I love Paige. I really love Paige. I, you know, Paige is one of the, Paige is a, what you call a reunion gangsta. You know, Paige lays low, stays in the bed all season. She definitely stirs the pot. But if you want Paige to show up, bring her to a reunion. And I wish that Paige would bring this type of energy to the actual show instead of waiting for the reunion to bring some energy. Because the truth of the matter is, at this point, I'm sick of seeing... Maya, Paige, Sierra, and Amanda just stay in the bed all day. That's not fun. This is a summer house. You're staying in a multi-million dollar mansion in the Hamptons in peak season, and you guys are just chilling in the bed, gossiping. And it's not fun to watch. Like, think of the viewers. I know you're making an easy check, sitting there, talking in the bed, talking shit, but, like... It's not enjoyable for us. And at this point, I'm ready for the cast to be shaken up. I don't think that Kyle and Amanda should leave because I believe that they're the background of the show, the the backbone of the show. I think Kyle and Amanda should stay. I think they should bring back Corey and Sam. I would like to see Gabby and uh, Chris, Chris again. I would also like to see... Um, We'll give Paige another chance. We'll give Sierra another chance. I would take Danielle back. She had one bad season. I would take Danielle back. Um, I don't think Maya should come back. I don't think she brought enough to this season. I honestly don't. And I liked Maya in the beginning. But you kind of forgot Maya was there. And then Maya tried to hide her story. And I believe that if Maya didn't try to hide her story, I would probably think that she deserved to come back for another season because at least she she provided something to the season. But like I said before, you know, at some point you forgot Maya was even on the show. Um, so, you know, there wasn't really much to talk about with this episode. We didn't really find out anything new on this part one of the reunion. And I'm really hoping the next episode we get into more um but yeah that was summer house eh, kind of a lackluster episode let me know what you think text me comment you know you know you can follow me on twitter at bravo t with jb give us a follow if you are on instagram 
You can follow us at, at Bravo T with Jared B, where you get updates about when episodes drop. Um, also, I want to thank you guys for supporting the podcast and listening. Uh, thank you for your feedback. Don't forget to uh, give us a review. Give us some stars. Um, like the podcast where uh, I guess like it wherever you listen to the podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Those subs- so those subscriptions really count. You know the downloads are great. I appreciate the downloads, everyone. But those podcast subscriptions it really shows whether you're growing as a podcast. So, you know, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Again, that's at Bravo T with JB. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B. Also, we are on YouTube. We're not in video form on YouTube, but if you are on the YouTube, you can also follow the podcast on YouTube. We have a YouTube page. Um, Again, thank you so much for the support. And until next time, you can expect another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B to drop on Friday. That will have a recap of part two of Vanderpump Rules and part one of the reunion. Well, I have to say it's part two of the reunion of Vanderpump Rules and then a recap of part one of the reunion of New Jersey. So until next time, I'll speak to you later. New episode drops on Friday. Good night, everyone.